0: The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus the Liberating King and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven.
1: Ecclesia, this is Pastor Chris, and I am so happy that I get to preach with one of my favorite preachers, Erica Graham, today. We get to share together with you, and normally she would be in the room and uh, we would just talk together but this weekend, Labor Day weekend, is kind of an important weekend. What are you scheduled to be doing this weekend?
2: Well, uh, technically I think Labor Day weekend is when I'm supposed to be in labor. So there you go. <laughs> so
1: it doesn't work for her to be on that yellow box or this box over here at the west side. Uh, so it's better that we get to do it this way and together we get to kick off a series um, that we're starting on Labor Day uh, that will carry through September and the beginning of October, and we're gonna be talking about work, and vocation, and life. And one of the reasons that to me it was so important that Erica's voice be heard in this series, one, we've just finished a series with so many of our favorite women preachers, and as we talk about work, you've gotten to do a lot of different kinds of work, and your vocation right now, as a mom slash preacher slash whatever podcaster (laughs) is, uh, is unique and sacred. You've gotten to do a lot of things, and I wanted us to just talk about, tell us a little bit about how you see your work now and how historically you have seen work and vocation. You've been an educator, you've done so many different things.
2: Yeah, I think like so many people, I've fallen into the trap, especially as an Enneagram three, of attaching my identity to work in what I'm doing and producing. And when I think back on big lessons I've learned with different jobs I've had, like I think of high school, my first job at a golf course, and um, I I was working with my brother, and I'll never forget, one of the first days on the job, uh, the men's bathroom became a disaster because some men were drinking too much. And they had me go into the bathroom and change all the urinal soaps and clean up that mess, and just uh, the, the, the um, humility of the different kinds of jobs that we've all had in our lives and the situations we've been put in. And I think um, a couple years later, I got promoted to a different golf course and I was a beverage cart driver. Oh. And that was a really good job. Yeah. You um, made tips on yes. that job. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And I learned that year that if you memorize people's name and drink, they will love you. Hmm. So I'd write down like, Bob, blue shirt, you know, Miller Lite. Hmm. And if you come back around and say, hey, Bob, another Miller Lite, people love that. Totally, totally. Um, so, yeah, I just think all the different careers that all of us have had and vocations, Yeah, um, I'm often reminded of that parable of the workers in the vineyard where Jesus tells this iconic story about Really, he starts off saying, the kingdom of heaven is like, and he yeah. goes on to tell this story of how all these workers are working different amounts of time, probably some are working harder than others, and at the end, they all get paid the same. <laughs> and it's just like frustrated in the world, we don't see that as fair, but this is a metaphor for the kingdom of heaven, which reminds me that no matter what kind of vocation you have, God sees it as worthy and important, and nobody is better than anybody else in the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. And ultimately, if we are to bring the kingdom of heaven on earth, um, what would it look like for us to really value the vocations of others, and the jobs and careers of others, regardless of what they look like?
1: Yeah, it's such a great story, but it throws all of our sensibilities off. And I think you say it so well, Erica. This is kind of the goal of this series, that everybody all Ecclesians would lean in and see the sacredness of their work, right? That whatever it is that you do, and for some of us, some of that work, we may think I'm not in the right place, and some of us may not be in the right place. I, Like you, I had some jobs that they weren't my long-term job, right? And I had to work construction for a while to figure out, like, this is not what I'm made to do. Like, I do think I'm made to do this job. I love this job. My first, but I had a lot of early jobs. And if you grew up in a family like ours, we started working when we were, my first job, I think I was 14. And I was a lifeguard for a while and I worked at a golf course for a while. But I did a construction job that my grandmother set me up with this guy. And um, he was crazy. I mean, he was literally, he was a contractor. And I'll never forget the first day on the job, uh, I showed up and we were putting on siding with a nail gun. He was working above me and we both had a nail gun, and his were like messed up. So they have a safety mechanism on them, but his were broke, and he shot me in the foot with a nail gun, like the very first day on the job. It went through my shoe and went through part of my foot, and I was like, this is crazy. Then the next day, he had me working with a chainsaw on a roof, and it was one of those, like as you went forward with a chainsaw, your momentum, there was no way that I fell off the roof with a chainsaw, (laughs) on the third day, um, we were cutting uh, that same siding, and uh, and it started raining. So he said, "Gather up all the electrical cords." And his electrical cords were frayed. And I put one on my arm, and it electrocuted me in the yard. My teeth were literally smoking. And uh, and I thought, this is not the job for me. I'm not made uh, for this job. But whatever job you have, right? There's this sense of like, um, whether you love it or hate it. This week we're hosting. Um, the HISD wraparound specialists um, on our campus here at the west side and we're finding all the ways we can to lean it Their job is to care for the physical uh, needs for students that may be suffering and, uh, and We've got a lot of kids living below the poverty line in HISD That may be one of the hardest jobs on the planet, right? And and these brothers and sisters are not making much money They also have a chance to impact the world in a way that very few of us Uh, will ever be able to. And so I think our hope uh, in kicking this series off is to help you think about what is it that you want to do? And um, is it what you're currently doing? And for many of you, you, you go, I don't really like what I'm currently doing, but it may not be the thing you're doing. It may be your approach to it, right? And just this sense of missing that you get to care for people. And If you're a manager, right, you get to manage and literally pastor and lead and care for people. And if you do that well, it can really be life-changing. And there is something, too, right, this sense of, like, those of us that work hard, there's nothing more satisfying than a day that you, one of the visions I have in my head because of the work that we get to do is, um, is from the Venezuela border. When my job is hard and I'm having a bad day, I always think of this guy at the Venezuela border. And um, I've talked about him before because I I have a few hard days when I do. Uh, This guy, the supply chain was broken down everywhere during the pandemic, but it was broken down in Venezuela before that and you couldn't get things. And so people were coming to get everything in Colombia and they would literally carry it on their backs to Venezuela. And this guy, I don't know if it was his mom or his wife or who, they needed a washing machine like that we wash clothes in and so he literally had a washing machine on his back and he just would one step two steps and i'm thinking you're going all the way back to venezuela with that like no matter what i do on any given it's not that hard you know and then i also think about this guy like what kind of smile did he have on his face when he arrived and his wife's like You got it here, right? I mean, the the satisfaction and joy that comes with it. And the Bible talks a lot about hard work. So as you think about all the things that you do, mothering is hard work, right? Preaching is hard work. How is it that you've found meaning in the different places that you get to work now or that you have in the past?
2: Yeah, I think becoming a mom totally changed my whole world as it does everyone's. It's a transformative experience. And um, I had to really reprioritize what work looked like for me, as so many mothers do. Um, so I think becoming a mom, yeah, it's hard, lots of sleepless nights, obviously, especially in those newborn phase, which I'll remember soon, yeah. but um, also so meaningful. And I think when there's meaning in work, it just, it becomes um, a part of you in a way that's really beautiful. So. I'm excited to to take on this next chapter of my maternity time with little Sonny. And did we say the name yet? Yeah, Sonny. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that a great <laughs> name?
1: I'm going to call him Sonny Boy just so I'm trademarking. It's approved. I'm I trademarking like Sonny Sunny Boy, that's Boy that's as a an, nickname. That's a
2: good one. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, and also just the metaphor of labor being Labor Day, going into labor, it really being a labor of your body. And I remember um, with my last uh, going into labor with Jet, it was. I think 26 or 28 hours, it was a long labor. Mm. And um, wow. I remember at the end, just being like, oh, I would do that all again, <laughs> right now. Like Isn't that, that amazing. was amazing. Like, it was like running a marathon. Like you get to the end and you're like, clearly that was painful and hard. And yet you're like on this high. Wow. So um, I think once, once in a while, when we're really connected to the flow of meaning and purpose, the labor can feel that way
1: yeah.
2: in some aspects.
1: Yeah, this theologian that we um, that I found this book of in the series we did last year in the summer, Elaine Padilla, uh, talked about all the suffering and work and the things that you do that are hard. And we're constantly reminding ourselves, and you probably are as well. Like we're reminding our staff, like, hey, we can do hard things. Like we can do it. And when we do, and we're walking through it, she says that all hard things and all suffering in the faith, when we walk with Jesus, they are like the labor of childbirth. Right? That they're you're suffering for a greater purpose. And there's hope around the corner. And um, if we do our work in a way, even when it's hard, even when you don't want to do it, um, uh, I talk with my boys a lot about this, right? And one of them's trying to figure out what's he doing with his life, right? He wants to do something that he enjoys, right? And the truth is he enjoys things until he's good at it. And then when he's really good at it, he's like, I'm kind of too good at this. I want to learn something else and the truth is you just got, you've got to press into these hard places and that's part of where we we learn a lot and how we um, we get to do the the other thing that I I really hope people get and I think um I I've seen it in my relationship with my wife Kristen right is that Um, there is nothing and if you're single out there this would be one thing you ought to hear right there is nothing more attractive than somebody that works hard Um, when you see people that work right if you're looking for a partner show up at service days with Ecclesia right show up and serve the kids and when you see people that do that um, when Kristen and I reconnected after 32 years um I couldn't believe when I asked her about her life. Right? I was just, what do you do? And she's like, well, I'm a financial advisor. And she's like, and I uh, have my real estate license and I do some things in real estate. And I, I manage these houses in uh, Gulf Shores. They're little vacation places. And she owns a little condo. And she's like, and my girls are gone on Wednesday. So I tend bar at this little wine bar instead of a bookstore. And I just thought, who does all of that? right? Like, Where does your energy come from? And the truth is, she's probably like a lot of us, she needed to back off. We needed a a little less work, a little more balance. We'll talk about that in this series as well. But there is something to working hard and enjoying it and finding joy in it that makes life meaningful. Um, And if you don't like what you do every day, life can be really exhausting and yeah. depressing and hard.
2: Yeah, you know, I was at the grocery store the other day, and there was a woman begging my groceries. She's probably early 20s, young. And um, she said, how far are you? And I said, oh, I'm about 38 weeks. And she said, me too, I'm 39. <laughs> and she was standing, you know, all day wow. begging groceries. And I keep wow. thinking about her, even when I sit down to rest or go to the mm-hmm. bathroom when I go to the, bath- go to the bathroom. Like there are so many people doing such what we called essential workers, right? During the wow. pandemic. These unseen acts of love and labor and um, that, that don't get praised, that yeah. aren't on a stage, that aren't being applauded. And yet they're so highly deserving of even more praise. Like what she's doing every day is wow. harder than my day. Yeah, Being on your feet all day, Yeah, begging groceries, 39 weeks pregnant.
1: God bless that sister right now, wherever yeah. she is. Yeah,
2: so I think of just what it can all look like and how it's you know, I, I love this metaphor, of the kingdom of heaven, because it's like the kingdom of heaven sees it all yeah. and calls it all good. Yeah. Because we don't live in a world that does see it all.
1: Yeah.
2: Like the story of Hagar.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The 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 gem that I work out at, there's this guy. Um, he's Honduran, and uh I've gotten to know a little bit, um, in part because I, I would watch him work, right? And his main job seems to be um, washing the windows. Like, but while he does it, he he whistles. Like, he just, mm-hmm. he... And I just remember watching him It's like, he's got so much joy, like, mm-hmm. washing the windows. Just, and the windows are clean, right? He takes it really seriously, and I just thought, you know what, no matter what you do, if you could approach it with that sense of joy, right? Mm-hmm. And I get it, like, people in this series are gonna go, well, yeah, I get it, like, Erica, you, you got beautiful kids, and and you, you preach, and the work you do is obviously sacred, or you can easily look at my job and go, yeah, you, it's really sacred. I also tell you, sometimes it's really hard. But what I want everybody, is like, your job is equally sacred. You. You get to be a part of this beautiful world that God made. And our hope and prayer in this journey is that we can help, help you see that. And, um, and if we had a whole community of people that saw what they do every day uh, as being honoring to God, right? Colossians 3 um, says it this way. So no matter what your task is, work hard. Always do your best as the Lord's servant, not as man's, because you know your reward is the Lord's inheritance. You serve the Lord, the anointed one, and anyone who does wrong will be paid his due because he doesn't play favorites, right? This sense of whether you worked all day or you just worked part of the day, you're both getting paid and it may seem unjust to us, but God rewards us and God loves us. And I hope along the way that God's love comes becomes clear to all of us. So mostly I just I'm super grateful that you would take the time in the literal days before you have this baby boy and that we could talk about. These are all sacred, important things. And some of us are working, but it's not creating income. You may be uh, uh, parenting your kids. Uh, You may be retired and have a vocation and find ways to serve, or you may be a student. You've been a student for a long time. You have like 42 degrees now. Yes,
2: well, I gotta say, you know, when I did my thesis in April, I had childcare covered between my husband Garrett and my mom and dad, and I I told them I was like that was the easiest month. What you, what you all do, um, you know, wiping butts, changing diapers, doing tantrums, nap times, all that. Like this, I got to like be in my head and have yeah. adult conversations. So I think. Work is not always come with a paycheck. It is often unseen, and sometimes that work is the hardest. The hardest. So hard.
1: And sometimes, right, because our kids, especially when they get into teenage years, they don't always say thanks, right? And you don't always (laughs) get paid in the ways that you would hope to get paid. These HISD wraparound specialists, right, they're not making much money, and my guess is some kids are going to give them attitude, right? And I just think, oh, that could be so hard. And uh, maybe you're sitting in traffic, I don't know, just to get to a job that you think you don't enjoy. My hope and prayer is that as we walk through this together that all of us would say, I'm going to either retool and find where I need to be or find a way to really see God's activity in what I do. And I think if we did that, it would affect, our, our spirituality is all about the place that we live every day. I mean, that's where it's lived out. And so Ecclesia, we want to invite you into this series, and I really believe it can be life-changing if we will do that. So would you give me a moment to pray for you and for baby Sonny, um, as Erica's gonna do some real labor work. We're praying it's not 25 (laughs) hours this time. Yeah, me too. So we're praying for a 30-minute labor and start to push. So God, we ask you to bless our sister. We are so grateful for her and for her gifts. We pray you bless this beautiful baby boy. Um, We know that his father Garrett and his brother Jet and his grandparents and aunts and uncles are all so excited um, to welcome him into the world and we just pray that he would be healthy, well, and strong and that he would come quickly and that the work of laboring that Erica does, that she would find joy in it, not because it's easy, but because it has a greater purpose. And we pray for all of us that we would learn that exact same lesson, that the things that you allow us to put our hand to, that we would do it well, that we would excel at it, that we would literally, as the scripture said, that we would do it as unto the Lord. And uh, if we're picking up trash, we're gonna pick up trash unto the Lord. If we're gonna give legal counsel, we're gonna give legal counsel unto the Lord, that whatever it is that we do, if we're gonna teach, Lord, we pray, bless our teachers right now. If we're gonna study, we pray, bless the students, that we do it unto the Lord. Lord, may it be so teach us over the coming weeks, and bless us on this journey. We pray this prayer in your name, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray, amen.
0: Amen. Ecclesia, I'm very excited to give you an update that Sunny Blue Graham was born this past Wednesday. And so we are rejoicing with the Graham family. I've seen a couple of pictures, they all look fantastic. My name is Mitzi and I. my current vocation is the campus pastor of this downtown campus. And I've been pastoring for about four years now. I started my professional career as a high school teacher. Uh, at Lee High School, which is now Margaret Wisdom High School, Hillcroft in Richmond. I loved that job. And then God pulled me out and sent me into the developing world where I was a consultant and a trainer for a little over 10 years. And I could tell you a few stories about my vocation, but I'd rather tell stories about my husband's vocation. Jerry, you many of you have never met him because he comes to the 9 a.m. service. But if you're here at 9, he's sitting on this couch right here, and he is an attorney. And some people feel like there is no redemptive work about what attorneys do. And just this week, in fact, I was in a conversation. I can't remember who it was. It might have even been my mom. But we were in this conversation and this person said, and then the lawyers, those snakes, get involved. And then she said, no offense, Jerry. But these are the kinds of things that attorneys deal with all the time. And I wanna tell you stories of vocation and faith about my husband's work as an attorney. He went to law school, got a job working for the city, then went out on his own, and got really disillusioned with the practice of law. He felt like it was just people wanting power and people wanting money, and he said, I'm done with it. And so he left the law practice, and he went to oil rig school, in Corpus Christi. He said, I want a job that gets me out of my head and let me just focus on the work of my hands. I don't wanna have to take this going on up here back home. So he went to oil rig school, graduated, and then the bottom fell out of oil and there were no jobs. At the time, I was teaching school, and I absolutely loved it. And he was a little bit inspired by some of my stories, so he thought, well, maybe I'll go into teaching. He actually became a teacher for several years. That is a whole nother story that you can ask him about another time. But then sensed the pull back to law and had really forgotten that one of the reasons he became a lawyer was to be a voice for the voiceless to stand up for the widow and the orphan and the oppressed. But the world, like it does to all of us, just kind of beats those dreams down and it becomes a slog and so he had left. But he had shared this with a friend of his who was an attorney. And this guy invited Jerry into learning about an organization called International Justice Mission. And they're a human rights organization based out of D.C. They have offices around the world. And during this presentation, the vice president got up and said, if there are any attorneys in this room and you are at a crossroads in your career, would you consider spending some time with us? It's like, oh my gosh. And so we prayed about it and we said, yes, we will spend some time. So another long story short, we lived in Calcutta, India for two and a half years working with the office that was combating sex trafficking of minor girls. And Jerry got to use his skills as an attorney to be the mentor and shepherd of the legal team that was trying to hold the perpetrators accountable. And what a beautiful way that God redeemed, you know, his skills and his attorney. It was time for us to leave. And as we were getting ready to depart India, I got an email. It was one question email. All it said was, would you and Jerry be interested in living in Iraq? Well, Jerry and I happened to be the type of people who would be interested in almost anything. I did say, I don't wanna fly into Baghdad, but long story short again, we moved to Kurdistan, Northern Iraq, lived there for seven and a half years, and Jerry was the legal consultant for the organization that we were with. They had been looking for a Western-trained attorney who would live in Northern Iraq and work for free. And would you believe that after three years, they could not find anybody who'd be willing to do that? (laughs) Well, then, then God came knocking on our hearts and we said yes and so we spent that time there and Jerry was a consultant on creating and establishing a foster care system for the Kurdish region in Iraq. And miraculously, it actually got started and people were trained and children were placed and even more miraculously, we've been gone almost five years, the foster care program is still in place. And for those of, yes, it is. Those are the things only God can do. And if you've been in the developing world, you understand that this probably could have, gone awry at any given moment. But these are beautiful ways that Jerry was able to use his skills, his vocation to usher in the kingdom of God. And there might be people here who God is knocking on your heart. You know, Maybe you're at a crossroads in your career or you're thinking about what you're doing. Maybe you're retired even. Maybe you're a student and you have all of this in front of you. And it's possible that God is saying, I want you to move from where you are and to move to the developing world or move to somewhere else. But what I'm guessing is that for most of you, that's actually not God's invitation. And so I want to tell you a couple of more stories from Jerry's vocation as an attorney that I hope will encourage you. He was working for uh, this organization at one time, this, uh, this company, and it was a very, very, very toxic work environment. And fortunately, Jerry was the opposite of toxic. And he just built a reputation in his company for being someone who was kind, generous, um, willing to listen, patient. He was so many people's favorite manager. And they would have lunch brought in every day at the office, And a couple of people said, hey, can we have lunch in your office? Because we don't wanna be with everybody else. And he said, of course. And then a couple of more people said, can we have lunch in your office? And a couple of more. Eventually he had, I don't know, eight to 10 people coming into his office every day to have their lunch and it was so crowded, they sat on the floor. So these are professionals who are looking for a haven in this toxic work environment, and it was Jerry's office, really Jerry's presence, that provided that for them. In another job that Jerry had, his boss came to him. It was during like a performance review, and he said to Jerry, your presence helps the morale in our office. I mean, what an incredible way to have your vocation and your faith intersect. And it's not like Jerry is saying, okay, everybody, we need to do Bible study right now, or let's, you know, let's do, you know, pray this and invite everybody to church. No, just the way that he was living And some people would call it blooming where you're planted. Maybe you need to stay where you are, but perhaps you are a little bud right now that just needs to bloom and allow the light of Jesus to permeate where you are. And something that we're really excited about is that in addition to this sermon series on work and faith, we are offering... A discipleship group that is going to read and discuss this book together. It's called Kingdom Calling: Vocational Stewardship for the Common Good, and it's four weeks. Um, downtown, we'll meet starting next Sunday downstairs in the office at one o'clock, and I will be one of the facilitators. And then Lauren and Julie Long—they can raise their hands. They're going to be the other facilitators, and. You know, perhaps you've been kind of mulling some of these things over by yourself, and you would really like to do this in community instead of isolation. And so we're gonna get a chance to read and discuss. I'm really excited for y'all to get to know the Longs, better. I think they'll be a blessing in your lives. We're also doing this at Westside. Pastor Wayne and another community member are doing at Westside. And then we also have an online option on Zoom. And that's going to be led by Julie Ramos and Alex Massaras here. And she happens to be sitting in the same row as along. So Alex, you just wave. She is going to help Julie facilitate that on Zoom on Monday during lunchtime. And so if you're interested in this, we would love for you to join us. And even if you can't join us, if you if just, yeah, excuse me, you just wanna pick up the book and follow along. Um, some of these chapters are so good. I've already read through it and it's a book that I do recommend. So I've, I've been talking a lot. You've heard a, a great sermon by Pastor Chris and Erica. And I want to give you an opportunity to just slow down a little bit and consider your own vocation. One of my favorite things that I get to do as a pastor at Ecclesia is to help people recognize the presence and activity of God in their lives and how to respond faithfully to that. And so I'm going to give you just a little taste of that through a vocation and faith Meditation where in this moment you are going to be invited to spend some time with God. If you are comfortable, you can close your eyes. If you're not comfortable, keep them open. If you want to take notes on your phone because you want to remember some of these questions, you're welcome to do so. But take a deep breath. Let's do that together. Holy Spirit, in these next moments, help us to become aware that you are present with us. Take a moment now and think about your vocation. How do you spend the majority of your time? Perhaps it's at a job that has a paycheck. Perhaps it's work that doesn't get a paycheck, like caregiving, or maybe you're retired, maybe you're a student. How are you spending your time What is your current vocation? For what about this vocation are you most grateful? For what about your current vocation are you most grateful? And then extend that gratitude to God. Thank God for that. Let's now transition for what about your current vocation are you least grateful? Where are the current challenges? And perhaps you've shared these with a friend, with a family member, but you haven't yet expressed some of the frustration to God. I want you to do that right now. Tell God about the challenges. Holy Spirit, we know that in this moment, you are not only listening, but you are also praying on our behalf because you love us so much. And it is our prayer that the gratitude that has arisen today would serve as a balm for the rest of this week, but also that the frustrations and the challenges that have arisen would in some supernatural way be comforted by your presence. Amen. When I was asking Jerry if it was okay for me to share these stories about him, you know, with all of you, I said, well, I first said, honey, I I need you to say yes to this question, and then I'm going to ask you. And he said, yes. And then he went away for a few minutes, and I was doing some preparation, and he came back, and he said, but I want to make sure that you tell everyone that with all of these stories that you shared, Every step of the way in all of these things, there has been doubt, there has been struggle, there has been a need for perseverance, there is a lack of confidence. Every step of the way in all of this. And even as I was talking to Jerry about this series, I said, what would be helpful to you to hear from our stage? And he actually referenced the verse that Chris brought up. He said, how do I really At my job, work as unto the Lord. So we know that these are difficult questions that we're inviting you to engage with. But we also know that we have a God who loves us that is full of wisdom that desires to give us that. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.